Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson, too. Another beautiful day on tap with the National Weather Service forecasting temps that will be some 20 to 30 degrees above the average today. After a small cool-down Friday, records are expected to be broken this weekend, and that warm weather trend will likely continue into early next week. The biofuel business needs the Biden administration to support the so-called GREET model to be eligible for tax credits to produce sustainable aviation fuel. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack offered encouraging news during the National Ethanol Conference in San Diego. I want to assure you that we are working hard on working to make sure that as we create these incentives that they include room for climate-smart agricultural practices, which is going to make it easier for that which we grow and raise on our farms to be used as feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel and make it easier for those of you who are in this business to be able to qualify for the various incentives. We're working hard to make that happen, and I'm confident that it will happen. Now, you're supposed to applaud at that right now. Just Vilsack also said there's been a 50% increase in the number of gas stations selling E15 over the past three years. Investments are being made to continue to build out that infrastructure. Following a speech, the Renewable Fuels Association presented Vilsack with its 2024 Industry Award for his ongoing support for biofuels. Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper touted the success seen in the ethanol industry in recent years. Speaking at that ethanol conference, Cooper warned the industry is facing numerous questions, though, for the balance of this year. Will Congress finally take action to allow year-round E15 sales nationwide? or will states be left to fend for themselves? What happens with the renewable fuel standard after 2025? What impact could pending court cases have on the future of the RFS? Will government officials and permitting authorities embrace the economic and environmental benefits of carbon capture, utilization, and sequestration technologies? Or will they cave in to extreme environmental activists who oppose oppose progress in agriculture and want to stymie growth in renewable fuels. Laramore farmer Casey Hoverson is the new president of the Northland Potato Growers Association. Outgoing president Peter Emley said the industry is in a good place. Uh, always challenges, as you'd expect with the specialty crops, but uh, I think the mood overall is positive. The different sectors are doing well, kind of, kind of across the board, which is a little bit unusual, and I think everybody's pretty optimistic. The mild weather also feeds that optimism. Well, when you've got days like we've got today in February, getting nice weather, we don't have a lot of snow, we're certainly going to need some moisture, but it's nice to be able to uh, to have some comfortable days, especially here at the Alaris Center. Usually it's, it's pretty miserable. I think everybody's mood is, uh, again, pretty optimistic just because of nice weather. Research updates will dominate the potato seminar during this morning uh, at the International Crop Expo. The potato industry is continuing to evolve. Northland Potato Associates President Gary Shields says innovation is happening to meet consumer demand. We're blessed. Um, we're hoping to have a really good spring and 
And uh, there's just a lot of exciting things going on in the industry. We've, we've seen a little shift with some of the yellow potatoes uh, in the market. Our reds still are what I would consider the best in the world. Um, but there's been a change, you know, with consumers, you know, and how they like their things packaged. Uh, obviously, I'm in the packaging industry, so I see a lot of things upstream. But uh, everything is going great. Northland Potato Associates is partnering with the Growers Association in the Inter International Crop Expo trade show both today and tomorrow. The farm protests are continuing throughout Europe. Hundreds of farmers have parked their tractors in central Madrid today. After two straight weeks of protests throughout Spain, a much larger demonstration is happening outside of the agriculture ministry. These farmers are upset with the expensive crop input costs and environmental regulations. The Brazilian soybean harvest is 32% complete. That's up 9% from last week. According to Ag Rural, 25% of Brazilian soybeans were harvested at this point one year ago. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The South Dakota Corn Utilization Council recently shared findings from a long-term land use study. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. South Dakota Corn Executive Director Danita Murray says previous studies showing carbon sequestration and soil quality fell short of gathering the whole picture. You know, there have been studies that criticize or certainly look, um, have negative, uh, I guess, analyses or results. On, on land use changes because of biofuels. And the biggest takeaway from, from this particular study was that if the folks doing the analysis look at a longer period of time, some of the studies that have been critical of land use had looked at mm, time periods probably from four to eight years, but certainly shy of a decade. You know, this study did a much better job and actually looked at land use here in South Dakota, for instance, at Brown and McPherson counties from 1985 to 2021. More details have been added for consideration in this study. Shorter studies tended to say, here we have this picture where you have cropland that before that wasn't, it was non-cropland. It, it wasn't being used to raise a crop and assumed incorrectly that that land or that parcel was never used for cropland before that four to eight year window. However, kind of looking at some of those same parcels um, that had kind of come under question in previous studies, uh, that longer time period really showed that this land tends to go in and out of agricultural use uh, for crops uh, more frequently than folks thought, meaning that that initial conversion, quote unquote, uh, in that four to eight year window wasn't the initial conversion. This study showed flipping back and forth between cropland to CRP to reduce till cropland had benefits for carbon sequestration. We think from a policy perspective that that significance means when government, for talking about, you know, what does a practice do for carbon sequestration on a farm and its soil, we feel that this really means that these models that look at, the, at land, like in McPherson and Brown, that have flipped back and forth, if they're continuing to show an increase in carbon, that means that practices are working. That means sequestration is still working and that flipping back and forth between uses is still, again, has a good carbon result if sequestration is the goal and that needs to be taken into account. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota FFA State Parliamentarian Ireland Waterood says FFA has given her opportunities to learn more about agriculture than she would have otherwise. Um, I don't come directly from a production agriculture background, 
my mother is a crop insurance agent. She comes from more of the um, of the business side of agriculture. And I feel like me being here as a state officer is kind of proof of that, that no matter what background you come from, there's always going to place going to be a place for you within this organization. Waterood's first supervised agricultural experience was a coffee shop selling Pride of Dakota sourced products that opened the door for more opportunities on the production side of ag. I also got into beef entrepreneurship where I started to raise my own cattle so I could get into the production side of agriculture, which that was a really big part of my senior year SAE. But overall, it's just been a lot of great work that I've put into my SAE, and I really like to work, so what can I say? Um, Each of those has really prepared me for um, my future opportunities. I was recently given the opportunity to work for Nutrient Egg Solutions this summer out of Searsource, South Dakota, so I'm just really, really looking forward to that. Coverage celebrating National FFA Week, brought to you by Proceed and Nutrient. International Crop Expo kicks off this morning. Committee member Lionel Olson says this is another sold-out show. We're full this year, which we're proud of. Everything is uh, agricultural-based. You can use it on the farm. We have some really good educational sessions. We've got uh, some varietal updates. We've got uh, NDSU specialists coming to talk on the water hemp control and some research they're doing on that. We've got marketing specialists. Randy Martinson will be here. Uh, we've got uh, Cephas giving give us an update on their on what they're seeing in the in the iron industry and on land industry and that sort of stuff. So a lot of good update meetings right now going on. Also production update seminars. There'll be educational sessions based on small grains production, potato production, dry bean soybean production. Um, we have keynote speakers daily. First day on Wednesday is Hunter Pinky, former UND athlete that was injured skiing accident and we have uh, second day we'll have Bobby Sundrail and Russ Tweeton uh, talking on some succession planning and some you're listening to the Red River Farm Network welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson was on site for the North Dakota Farmers Union Evolution Ag Summit yesterday in Jamestown he had a chance to visit with keynote speaker Rob Sharkey Rob, tell us a little bit about your journey from farming and growing up on a farm to where you're at now today as an influencer and on social media and as an entertainer. Uh, First of all, the influencer and entertainer, I hope. (laughs) Now, uh, I'm a fifth-generation farmer. Uh, At a college, I came back to the farm and then tried to go out on my own and raise hogs. Did not go so well. Uh, So we had to find a a whole bunch of different ways to find money to pay off the debt from that uh, initial uh, hog investment and then we were able to build more of a grain farm operation over the years and to where we are today you know mainly acorn and soybean the media side started in about 2017 when we started a podcast and it's grown from then mainly because of the intelligence of my wife not because of uh, my jokes so yeah I, I give her all the credit for that how has your you know, working on media and as an entertainer, how has that changed or shifted your your view of the agriculture landscape and farming? Well, we have a unique opportunity to talk with people in agriculture. So I think we're somewhere around 4,000 people we've interviewed, uh, just, you know, from farmers to, I don't know, salesmen, it just depends, anybody that's involved in ag in any way. We've had a chance to talk with them and we hear the same things kind of over and over again. Eventually, if you talk long enough, uh, the the topic of succession is going to come up, and it seems to be 
the biggest kind of sticky point in farming and agriculture. Yes, you know, you got the economics, you got the, the markets and all this, but if you don't have the family farm together, then the rest of it really doesn't matter. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners here in the Red River Valley? Uh, my wife and I love coming up here. Uh, we've had a chance in the last couple of years to come up here quite a bit. The diversity that you guys have up here, not just in agriculture, but what's done with the, the ag land and the farmland, uh, with the mining rights and all that, it's so much different than when we're from Illinois. We just have corn, soybeans, and maybe wind turbines. This is, it's so interesting how you guys have been able to navigate all the different aspects of agriculture and land rights up here. And that's Rob the Shark, Farmer Sharky. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat right now, five and a half lower. 660 is the quote. Chicago wheat for March down four and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat for March down four cents. March corn, one and three quarter down, 417 is the quote. March soybeans down eight and a quarter. It's at 1170 and three quarters. International Crop Expo is going on today and tomorrow at the Alera Center in Grand Forks, Red River Farm Network. Uh, among the exhibitors, we hope to see you at the show. Also on the farm calendar next week is Commodity Classic. Uh, activities begin on Wednesday, one week from today, continuing through March 2nd. Houston hosting Commodity Classic for this year's event. Uh, again, listen for broadcast coverage from that event as well. Enjoy those warm temps today. Have a good one. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.